How's it South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 259. I'm your host, Donumdu. Now, in this edition, we welcome Kayale Tsocha, Senior Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council, to focus on smallholder wool producers in South Africa. He shares some of his findings in a wool baseline report as part of the Smallholder Market Access Tracker, a tool developed by the NAMC to measure the progress in the achievement of the market and access goals for smallholder farmers in Mzanzi. Hi, Letu. Thank you so much for joining me here on Farmers Inside Track. It really is a pleasure to have you with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kyle, too, for taking the time. I was just saying you guys are always so busy at the NMC, so it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to you and get to pick your brains a little bit. I usually like to start with an introduction of my guest, you know, just a bit of background of their journey within agriculture, um, where it all started for you and how you got to the NMC and more specifically around your role at the NMC. My journey in agriculture started when I was growing up. I grew up in a rural area in Lusigisiki, where we do farming a lot. And then throughout my study, I was interested in agriculture to see how I can contribute to the small farming activity that we do. So I progressed to do my degree, undergraduate degree in agricultural economics and master's at Forte University. And then I moved to Stellenbosch University to start my PhD, and I'm currently busy with that. So it was from Stellenbosch that I then joined the NMC, focusing on the research on smallholder market access. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Thanks so much. And this is exactly brings me to my next question, because I came across the smallholder market access tracker baseline report that you're busy with as part of your work at the NMC. And this is obviously to create or develop this dashboard tool as to measure progress towards achieving market access for all participants within the agri-sector. Maybe you can tell us more about the smallholder market access tracker and this initiative and what it aims to do specifically, and then more on your focus and report based on the wool industry in South Africa. One of the NMC objectives is to increase market participation for all farmers. But because of the structure or the nature of our agriculture sector, then we have that bias to focus on smallholder farmers in my unit. So we established the smallholder market access tracker in 2016 after having observed that a lot has been done in terms of uplifting or developing the smallholder farmers, especially with regards to market access. But we don't know the progress. We don't have a measure of the progress that has been made. So we created this tool so that we can measure the progress. So the idea of the tool is that we do baselines on all the commodities and then we start tracking. So far, we've done five baselines, one on citrus, raisins, broiler, wool and cotton. So on the whole baseline, we interviewed farmers from Free State and the Eastern Cape. So we intended to cover all the provinces that produce wool, but we had some limitations in terms of getting access to farmers and their time and the resources from our side. So we ended up focusing on the top two producers of wool in the country. 
So what we found is that these farmers, they identify agriculture as their main source of livelihood. However, they are unable to make a living out of it. As such, they tend to focus on other activities as well or other sources of income, such as the pensions, the social grants, as well as the remittances. And one of the reasons for this is that they don't have access to land or they are limited in terms of their access to land. We only found that the average land size is about 34.9 hectares. And as such, they can't use that land to rear their sheep. They instead, they rely on the common age, which is held under traditional or informal tenure, which is very complex to manage. And then that means they are marginalized and they are risk-prone in the environment that they farm in. They are unable to control breeding as much as they would in business, and they are unable to control the diseases. So those are some of the challenges they are facing. In addition to that, they incur a lot of losses in terms of stock theft, sickness, predators. If you compare to the number of sheep they sold, we found that they lose about 12 sheep to these factors and sell about 10 per annum. And because of their poor record keeping, these losses, they don't make it into the farm books or financial books of the farm. So they are not correctly recorded. And as such, what we found is that the farmers are able to generate about 12,218 rents, 39 cents per annum from their endeavors. If you combine all the costs, they amount to about 10,113, which means they make a profit of about 2,100 rands. But as I said, because of poor record keeping, there's that cost component, which is losses, which is not recorded. If you look at that, you'll find that these farmers, they are not making a living at all from their whole endeavors. You've answered in part both of my next questions, which is the key findings, you know, that you presented in this report. The picture that you're painting doesn't sound very promising for anyone who wants to step into the South African wool industry, specifically as a new and developing farmer. Maybe you can focus on some of the opportunities. I mean, and also some of the ways that farmers can use this report to better manage their day-to-day operations. Indeed, the picture that I painted looks scary but it's not as scary as it seems. I think with tweaking here and there on the operations and also to improve on the support, the farmers could do better. So one of the things that we're highlighting as a starting point is to improve the business acumen of the farmers on how to manage the business, on how to run their farming activities in a profitable manner. For example, a simple thing like the stock size, if you look at their stock composition, you have two rams, 25 ewes, and seven lambs. So it shows that there is low productivity there, and the way it's managed, it's not uh, that good. Because if you look at the industry standards, you need about one ram for 40 ewes. So here you have two rams for 25, meaning you have a ram that just incurs costs and not being productive. That's one thing. And another thing is that from the entities, the government and the industry bodies that are playing a role of supporting these farmers, they also need to collaborate better because there are a lot of initiatives 
that are aimed at improving smallholder market access activity. But the support that comes from there, it comes in bits and pieces. It's not well coordinated. As such, it's not making the intended impact. So that's one of the things that need to be looked at. In terms of the market, the market system that's used in South Africa, it's structured well to assist even the newcomers to make sure they benefit. But one of the things is that some of the farmers, they use their livestock and the wool just as a buffer against shocks. So you find that those farmers, they don't use the marketing channels that would necessarily benefit them. Instead, they go for the market that will give them quick income, quick payouts. So those markets, they sometimes they don't pay well. And even the farmers highlighted the, some of the concerns from these marketing channels, but still they do supply them. And also from the farmer's side, the farmers also have a role to play in terms of using the common age, for instance. You find that one of the farmers is business-minded. He wants to gain some profits from the endeavor. And his sheep go out on the field and meet with sheep of other farmers who are not necessarily intending to make profit. So whatever endeavor the farmer is making in terms of breeding, vaccination, is thrown out of the window because the vaccinated sheep go out there, meet with the unvaccinated ones. They contaminate each other with diseases. So whatever effort or even the investment, it goes out of the window. So if the farmers could be able to manage such uh, situations by grouping themselves in the Eastern Cape and Free State, already they are structured by regions, some are structured by trust. They call themselves trust because of the, they group themselves according to the facilities that are closer to them terms of the sharing sheds. So if they could use those groupings or even the words to say, for instance, if there is a need to vaccinate all of them, pull their resources together, vaccinate at the same time and ensure everyone is vaccinated. And if we talk of breeding a plan to make sure they take out, they move out their stock that is not required to allow for the breeding programs to be effective. So farmers themselves also have a role to play in that regard. Thank you so much, Kyle. I know that you've now based this report on two provinces that you had focused on. Do you have information of what the landscape looks like throughout the country for other farmers in other provinces? Is it very different or do you think that the challenges that they face and the possible opportunities are more or less the same? Because we didn't cover all the provinces, I would assume that there are some small differences because of the dynamics in terms of the environment and the way things are done in various provinces. For example, you would expect that maybe in the Western Cape, the support systems are different compared to the Eastern Cape and so on. And also the proximity of the farmers to the commercial farmers in terms of mentorship, could also mean that some of the farmers in other provinces are doing better. But in general, I would anticipate the challenges to be the same across the provinces. And the farmers, if they can work together, as I mentioned, they can eliminate a lot of challenges. And also within the government, 
and other structures that represent farmers, like the wool growers associations, the cape wools. They also need to include farmers in some of the decision-making processes so that whatever programs that are put in place are tailor-made to solve the problems or challenges that the farmers are facing. And the farmers are better placed to identify the challenges they are facing and also to assist in formulating the solutions to those challenges. And also involving the farmers help in the sense that when things are not going according to plan, there's the responsive rate is better because they are all involved. They know what's going on. They know what's supposed to be done or in terms of adapting the process to meet the end goal. Thank you so much, Kaya. I really appreciate your insights and a bit of an overview of what the wool industry looks like specifically for UN developing farmers within the country. What are some of your final comments, you know, based on your findings and this report specifically? and your outlook for 2024, and perhaps also just a bit of a way to look at the next five years and see how farmers will either improve or, you know, continue with the way they practice and maybe lose out in the long run. We are lucky because when we talk of the future, we have renewed tools like the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan, which uh, emphasizing on collaboration between stakeholders. And in doing so, it proposes structures like value chain roundtables and also the production schemes as delivery models. So with this approach, you are able to bring everybody on board on planning and also on mapping the way forward and pulling the resources. So that's one thing. If we are able to implement the current master plan with those that deliverable models, we stand a chance to be better positions uh, a whole sector in future. And also the policies, the programs, We at the beginning when we formulate them, we must have the results in mind. This is what we anticipate at the end. So that way you are able to maneuver along the way to make sure that whatever you implement, then it produces the end results that you are envisaging. The reason I'm bringing this up in terms of the partnerships in the past between the department, the industry, to improve genetics, for instance, in in the Eastern Cape province. Those, they've run their course, but then you wonder what has been achieved, what was the progress. And also, we don't look at the effect of stopping such initiatives before they reach their end goal. Because it means now, if you are aiming to proceed with that, you are starting from scratch and there are resources lost along the way. So if with these deliverable models of the AMP, I think those things could be addressed. Now, in our sector, we have the sustainable K-Pool standard, which uh, improves market access for the farmers who are able to meet those standards. And also it improves their income as well. So with the infrastructure provision in the communal sector, smallholder farmers, the farmers are in a better position to be able to meet those standards and benefit from the market access opportunities. With the growing demand in one of our export destination markets, which is China, emphasizing more on the standards. Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track, Kailetu. 
You can of course read more on the story by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Now remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From Edonumdu, our technical producer Megan van der Fent and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.